Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it, episode 105 for the love of the game. Let's get that work. My goodies, my goodies, not my goodies. I got a sick reputation for handling brawls. All I need is me a few seconds few more seconds than this rap. Tell the lady to bring my lap and I ain't coming back so you can put a car right there. Right I'm right the here. truth and I ain't got nothing to prove. And you can ask anybody cause they seem to do it. Barricades, I run right through them. I'm used to them. Throw all the dirt you want. No use. Still won't have a pen up in a fabulous room. Bone her back, picking out a basket of fruit. I love you, boy. Yeah, freaking Petey love you too. <laughs> you know how I do. Okay, so there are big things happening in the world of The Bachelor. It's been a couple of weeks since we spoke. We've had hometowns to recap. We've had fantasy suites. We had women tell all. So I mentioned it on my last show. This week is a three-episode week, and the middle episode is Bachelor recap. And uh, to talk about all things happening in Bachelor Nation, you know who it is. You love this guest. Lizzie, what's cracking? I mean, there's just a lot to talk about. We have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. There's a lot of stuff to discuss. I sent you maybe the longest outline I had ever sent you when we've done one of these shows. But before we get into all that, our guy Chris Harrison had a little bit of a controversy. I think it was a bullshit fake controversy, but whatever. What's the latest on Chris Harrison's status with uh, the Bachelor franchise? So Bachelor Nation is very, at least the vocal people in Bachelor Nation are very anti-Chris Harrison. Uh, for right now, they have someone coming in to uh, host the After the Final Rose. Emmanuel Acho. He was on Fox uh, Sportsnet. He's actually not terrible. Did, it, did he write a book? Am I wrong? Yeah, he did, but I didn't read it. Okay, anyway. So he's coming on to host that, um, and everyone else seemingly doesn't want Chris Harrison to come back at all. Who's everybody? Um, well, all of the vocal, quote-unquote, celebrities of Bachelor Nation. Such as? Well, we know Rachel Lindsay is the number We'll get to one. her in a second. I have thoughts. Well, I mean, honestly, every single Bachelor Nation celebrity has come out and said said that Chris Harrison was wrong. Not one person has defended him, not to say that his actions should be defended. However, no one's showing him, as they like to say, any grace. And everyone is against him. So I don't know if that's actually what those people truly believe or they feel like they have to follow the Rachel Lindsay train um, because they don't want to get canceled. I'm not sure. But... From the conversation Chris Harrison had on Good Morning America, it seemed like he was after the final rose when we go to next season that he'll be back at his normal station. I just don't know if all of Bachelor Nation, including the fans, will be up in arms and try to get him fired. Up in arms? I thought the whole thing about Bachelor fans were that they were super mad at 
Rachel Lindsay and gave her tons of crap after all this. Well, people did give her crap because there are always going to be two sides of every coin and they're going to be playing. And people who are hating on people, no matter what it is, are going to be the loudest. So yeah, she did have to delete her social media for a little bit um, for that reason. But I think a lot of people, and again, I think it's the more vocal public people are the ones who are asking for Chris Harrison to not come back. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. All right. Okay. It's time. You and I have spoken about this in confidence, but now we're putting it on wax, as they say. All right. Rachel Lindsay sucks. All right. She's always sucked. Okay. All the people like Rachel Lindsay is queen. She's queen. Those people suck too. All right. And before all the aggregators try and cancel me, it's because Rachel Lindsay is black. That's really not it at all. All right. Rachel was billed as this independent woman, right? She's a successful woman. I'm not saying that she's not, but like she's this independent woman. Nobody gets in her way. She doesn't stop for anybody. Definitely not a man. Meanwhile, she didn't marry the guy she liked the most at the end of her season, right? Because all she wanted at the end of that was a ring, okay? And that's fine if that's what you're in it for. But don't tell me that like you beat it, you know, you move at the pace of your own, um, you know, your own speed to beat it uh, or like go to the beat of your own drum and then pull that kind of move. Right. And then all this like, you know, Chris Harrison didn't say anything racist. All right. There was nothing about what he said that was racist. He said that 18 year olds do stupid things. He didn't def- Bend plantation theme parties. All right. What he said was because you went to a party, probably inebriated before, and doesn't make you a racist. And the fact, and the fact that ABC has to capitulate to the Twitter mob because Rachel Lindsay, who happens to be black, right? But they didn't ask Tasha Adams, right? They didn't ask Matt James. Are they not black enough? Is it just Rachel Lindsay? The whole thing is crazy. All right. And Rachel Lindsay just sucks. I hate her personality. I hate everything about her. It has nothing to do with the color of her skin. And ABC, shame on you for going after Chris Harrison because a couple of people got angry on Twitter. All right? It's enough already. Enough. If Chris Harrison's not back next season, I'm out. These episodes end. That's it. End of rant. Tell us how you really feel. I will tell you how I really feel. It's insane. The media has gone insane. All right. It's enough already. Okay. That felt great. Um, so now we're going to get back to lighter topics. We're going to talk about this season. Um, we're going to take it back to hometowns, right? Cause we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks. We're going to take it back to hometowns. We had uh, the four contestants, um, Matt met their families. Uh, so first and foremost, how do you think hometowns went? Rate Matt's performance at hometowns. I mean, I think his performance was similar to his performance throughout this entire season. He said all the right things. He looked good. I'm sure everyone's family loved him. And he did great in that sense. But we Except all- Except for maybe him. Serena P's family. But I don't think that was necessarily his fault. I think right. it's just kind of Correct. how like the chips fell and like her family. It, it's kind of really more as to we saw what happened later, what was going on with Serena and her family just knowing her. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, 
the thing that we all want from the hometowns is the drama and we did not get any of that. It was a pretty boring episode where in most seasons, that's where you get a lot of the drama because there's at least someone's parents or family member who gives the person a hard time. And none of that happened. It was kind of just like all the families liked him. He liked all the families and that was it. I actually think it made Matt look the best of all the episodes. Of all the episodes, it made Matt look the best. He looked bachelor material, like in terms of what you want the bachelor to look like on television. He played the part well. You know, obviously, he did a great job charming them. Um, It was his best moment as the bachelor on television. I don't think it's close. All right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it was, but yeah, there was really no drama. But I, I guess. So we had the the final four with Serena P. We have Rachel, we had Michelle, and we have Brie, right? Now, before the, the episode, he sent home Piper instead of Serena P. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Were you shocked about that? Because it seemed like he liked Piper a lot. I never saw the Serena P. thing at all throughout the entire year. So I'll tell you where it turned for me. I also, I thought they had very friend vibes, like after that first date and throughout. And she seems like a really like fun, chill girl. So I felt like they had a lot of friend vibes. And then when he took her on the second one-on-one, I actually thought he was doing that and he was going to send her home. I thought he was going to be like, all right, let me see. But assuming that he wanted to send her home. But after that, to me, it really turned. And I don't know if it turned for him or we just were able to see their relationship more. And I thought he really, really liked her. And at, there was a point where I was like, wow, like she can maybe be top two at this point. Um, so I actually disagree. I totally saw why. And Piper, I think they they caught up in their relationship too late in the game. Yeah, but M- Michelle was a latecomer too. No, not physically late in the game. I think just his relationship didn't progress with Piper until like, that one-on-one date, which was right before she went home. So are you surprised that Serena P cut it off? Cause normally they'll just like, let it ride, let it simmer a little bit. They don't, they don't want to just end it right then and there. I don't, I'm not surprised because I actually felt like she was not so into it. Now, understandably. So I think I would also be really uh, uncomfortable on the tantric yoga date and they're always terrible. So I don't know why they always do them. So cringy. Oh my God. There was no chemistry at all. But she, she was like, he was trying to go in for it and she was like not having it. So on that end, like from her perspective, I was like, does she even really like him? I feel like she doesn't really want to be here. Like she thinks he's like a bro and a friend. And then the second her family showed like any question or concern she was like yeah yeah, I know you're right I don't like him enough if you don't want to at this point in the game if you don't want to like jump the guy's bones when doing tantric yoga like you're out like it's just not happening yeah but she did also I I don't think this was on purpose at all but when she did end it with him she was really harsh she just was like you're not my person who wants to hear that I mean that was pretty harsh uh, yeah, you don't want to hear that. But at the same time, is there ever a good way to end it? Like, it's always going to come off somewhat harsh. You can always spin it like, like, yeah, no, you're this right. just isn't working for me. Is that much better? No, I just feel like it, it was a very non-bachelor type of scene. Which maybe that's a good thing. It's like real life. 
I actually think it's a refreshing thing. And she was just like, eh, this, you're just not my person. And then on to the next. But then, and we'll get to the women tell all in a second. I guess we'll transition now. The tears that she shed at the women tell all seemed very manufactured. Really? I disagree. I disagree because I think it's definitely, I would assume that it's, I mean, it's such an intense environment and you get something in your head. She realized that it was not, she was not going to be there in the end. And so she left, which I respect her for, but that doesn't mean that she didn't have real feelings. It doesn't mean that when she left, she didn't miss him. And it especially doesn't mean that when she watches it back and sees their connection, that it doesn't bring things up and you can love someone as a person or really enjoy your time with them. And I think it was more, she was upset that she couldn't make it work with him, that she knows how great of a guy he is. And like, that's what, that's the emotion I think she was working through. I get all that. But when you're the one who ends it, right? There's always that little bit of power that you control. So unless you have serious buyer's remorse, or I should say seller's remorse, which I don't think she has, I just... I, I can't get the emotion behind. I, I can't. It just seemed a little too much like playing to the camera because that's what the camera wants. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded by this whole franchise, but I've been in positions where I've had things ended on me. I've been in positions that I've ended things. And when I've ended things, and again, maybe I'm not on television in front of millions of people, but there were no shed tears over the fact that I ended it. Yeah, I could miss the feelings I had with that person, but there was n- there never it never came to tears. Like, what did I do here? Unless I had serious buyer's remorse, I never I seller's remorse. I've never had that. Maybe like in she felt the pressure to make the decision, and because she couldn't say in that moment. I am 100% confident he's my husband. She felt she had to make the decision to leave. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is a little a bit of buyer's remorse. Like maybe she's like, you know, I do really, I did really like him. And I feel upset with the fact that I didn't have the opportunity to like see if it would go anywhere. Cause I felt like I had to make the decision in the moment. And maybe she is questioning it. It's too late, but. As long as she doesn't come back. That's no. all I care about. We, we, we can't have this. We can't have that. Um, other things from women tell all, uh, did we learn anything besides for the fact that they hated each other to such a staggering degree that it, that this year's women tell all was easily the worst two hours of television of all time. I just think they played it all wrong. Like, I think there were so many things that happened in this season that would be a interesting, be entertaining and see like important to talk about. And all we talked about was like Victoria and how she felt that she was then bullied after and she was crying where it's like, well, you know what? There was a lot of bullying you focus or whatever you want to call it or harassment. And that's what we focus on the season. So why don't we talk about it in a way that we can like shed some light and say like, Oh, we learned things from it. Like when Brittany went up there and said, I was the most hurt because Anna didn't contact me since the show. And Anna never answered that. She would just said, you know, I'm really, really sorry, but she didn't reach out to her after the show. She didn't reach out to her after she ruined her reputation. Like, let's talk about that. Why are we focusing on the stupidity of Victoria? No offense, like no one cares. Well, Victoria cares. Well, okay, let's just do that now. Victoria's performance, all right? I mean, how 
how much do you hate her more now than you did while she was on the show? Because this performance was outrageous. Outrageous. Not yeah, to mention her... Uh, fine, just start there. No. So I'm just it's just... It's frustrating, and I'm assuming it'd be very frustrating for the ladies who are on the show. They're like, she's trying to get sympathy from people. Oh, because people were trolling on the internet. First of all, anyone that goes on a TV show is going to get love and is going to get hate. That's what you sign up for when you become any type of celebrity. So you got to suck it up and deal with it. Now, obviously, there are people that get un like unsolicited hate for no reason, but I'm sorry. She did things that were very hurtful. Hateable. And very mean and you can't expect that people are not going to say things to you about it just like i'm sure she's in plenty of people's dms saying nasty things to them yeah what goes around comes around victoria uh and on a lighter note as i mentioned before i don't know if everybody knows this i've been on television uh i've got roasted on twitter for a night uh it, for different things and, and some of it's funny and some of it's Fine. I mean, I didn't take it too seriously, but I, I, obviously I wasn't in the spot like, like Victoria was. But what goes around comes around, Victoria. You should have expected this because you're just a very hateable person and personality. And now I just want to talk about the outfit she was wearing. Lizzie. I'm sure you have friends who have a very false sense of confidence and wear certain things that basically they, they write checks that they can't cash. What do you say to such a person and pull them aside? How do you break it to them and be like, maybe let's not do this? I mean, honestly, that is such a difficult thing. I personally, I'm not, I don't appreciate unsolicited advice, but it's a very, like, it's a very fine line between that and doing something that you think is for the betterment of your friend. So I don't know. I think it would have to depend on what and how bad. Like if the person just had bad style, like that's their style. It's fine. When they're not dressing for their body type, that's a little bit more difficult. But like, who am I to say? Like, you know, you do you. And the problem is this Victoria probably doesn't have a lot of friends. So if anyone was going to say it to her, they're not going to. And I just think that. We like there was too much time even like spent on anything about her. Like when she was complaining that people were making comments about that her bra was always showing. Like boo hoo, your bra was showing. I don't know. If you I look just, like if you look like Victoria, you can't wear that outfit on television. Victoria thinks she's Elle McPherson. Victoria is not built like Elle McPherson. We'll leave it there. Uh, last thing on hometowns, thoughts on Matt James's thick beard? Pro, anti, what was the thing in here? Yeah, when I first saw it, I was not into it. It was like a little too much for me. But I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of warming up to it a little, honestly. Really? Yeah. Is this like uh, a quarantine type situation that we've been in, you know, people have been by themselves for a long time. So like you get used to people looking gross. But that's the thing. I don't think he looks gross because 
I think when I first saw it, maybe it was just like his head or whatever it was. I saw a picture, but when I then saw him on Women Tell All and he was like dressed nicely in a suit and it just, it it had a different look. I was kind of into it. No, obviously I would always choose no beard over beard for him, but I didn't hate it. It's too thick. You gotta, you gotta beards. And again, I'm not a beard guy. I look better without any facial hair. Shout out to me. For those who can't see, I just shaved. I look really fantastic. Um, but if you're going to do the beard, you got to manicure the beard, especially if you're going to be on on television. And he didn't do that, or at least it didn't look like he didn't do that. And if it looks like he didn't do that, it means he didn't do that. So let, let's get rid of that beard. But okay, enough with women tell all because it was gross. Uh, it was it was a gross two hours that I wish I could have back. Fantasy suites. Lots to talk about fantasy suites, but I have a major logistical question. All right. And I was wondering this, how long do the producers wait to film given the fact that we know morning sex is going to be happening, right? So how long do they wait to then let the females put at least the top on so they can, you know, get back to filming? Oh, I mean, I think the couple, has a very strict uh, deadline of you get this hour to this hour and then we're walking in. So you better be all primped and ready. So I think they know exactly when they're coming and they're ready for them. Is the kissing that goes on during, you know, the show after the morning coitus and after the evening coitus, is that manufactured for the camera or is it more just like, we're still trying to get our little last licks in over here? Well, I don't what think you, it's manufactured because I would like to believe if you're in the fantasy suite, you're the top three, like you do want to kiss each other, but no, it is. The producers are saying, okay, kiss now, do this now. Yes, it's, it's produced. And I'm sure I've asked this question before and you've answered it, but how many days are in between each fantasy suite? Okay, so this is actually a very good question that I have a theory on for this season particularly. So in the past, I think it's been obvious that they're not a day apart. Um, and there have been many bachelor and bachelorettes who've come out and said they're not. It's like, you know, every other day, whatever the case may be, even just for the bachelor or bachelorette themselves. Wait, even, hold on one second, every other day? No, meaning like you have a day in between or something. A day, right? Or I, I still, but even just one day in between, or maybe two days. They didn't like specify, but not a lot of days. But because I think it does happen over the span of one week, but it's it's separated a little bit because more just the bachelor bachelorette are exhausted. Like they're probably staying up all night. They need a day in between to recover. But this one. Now, I like to believe that it was still the same way, that they had a day in between, but I think that they specifically didn't want us to think that. So I think that they made it that one girl came back and then the other girl said, okay, I'm going to go ready for my date now. But I don't think that that they actually had a date that night. I think they just told them to say it to make it seem like that. Well, that's making Matt look dirty because we all know what goes on in fantasy. It's not Matt's fault. That's the No, show. it's not Matt's fault. It's ABC's fault because the perception that Matt spends the night, has some sex, right, and then lets her go in the morning. The following day, we do this all over again. A little coitus, a little something. They profess their love for each other. That's not a good look if you're a guy, right? Well, here's my follow-up question, though. Do you think that he had sex with all of them? 1,000%. Oh, 
percent yes. I disagree. Disagree. What? I disagree. Okay. Uh, okay. So which one do you think he did not? You he know, not, I don't think with. he had sex with Brie. You wait. What, what was that again? I don't think he had sex with Brie. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if he had sex with Michelle. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he did or if he didn't. I'll tell you why. Two reasons. Number one, he is a pretty religious guy. And I'm not saying that he's saying you have to be abstinent, but I don't know that he would love the fact of sleeping with three women consecutively. That's number one. Number two, just factually, and again, like um, Nick Vial always talks about this, is that when you get to fantasy suites, you know who you're picking at that point. You know, there's a top three, but you know who. And you know that when this show is over, if your person that you choose knows that you had sex with the two girls right before or after or all around, when you know that you were going to be with them, they're not going to get over that. That That's a good theory, but it's also, that's what you signed up for. No, it's, it has nothing to do with that, though. Obviously, meaning I agree that I don't think that the girls or the guys, whatever it is, should or could really be upset over it. But what you have to remember is, and this is a little thing that I picked up on, I could be wrong. But if you noticed when he was on his um, fantasy suite date with Rachel, she made a comment about um, questioning if he, the reason she was freaking out because she was questioning if he changed his mind, right? Or his feelings. Now you can read that as, okay, he had two dates with other girls. Maybe he likes them more. I read it as he's probably already told her that he's picking her and she's the one. And then she was nervous that he goes on these overnight dates and he's going to change his mind and pick someone else. And therefore, I think that that also, like, if you think, if he's told you something like that, which again, we know the leads a lot of times will tell the people, you know, in confidence that you tell the person, I'm going to choose you. And then you find out that they had sex with one or two other people that's a hard pill to swallow. You're going to get engaged a week later after he just had sex with two people two days before you. That's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. That's what you're signing up for here. But I don't think it actually happens. That's what I'm saying. That's how we perceive it to be. But I don't think that's actually how it ever really goes. Well, you also mentioned to me off, uh, off air per se, that there had been uh, empty condom wrappers found on the grounds of where they're staying. So Matt's doing some double dipping here. Hello, it could have been a producer. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. They have some of the, the best looking females on the planet all trying to, to jump your bones. But yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. I, I, so let me ask you this. If you were a girl on the show, mm -hmm. would you rather go first or last in terms of fantasy? It's funny because actually because... I watched this and as I was watching with my friends, I actually answered this question without you asking me. I 100% would want to go last. I don't care if he sleeps with the two girls before me. I want to be the last thing he remembers before he makes that decision. I think that's the right answer. I think that's the right answer. You want to go last. Second is by far the worst. If you go second, you're not winning. Yeah. I, I, I can't go back and like crunch the numbers but I guarantee anybody who's gone second on their fantasy suite date has never has never been the one picked yeah. and likely has never been the one to make it uh, to the final two. 
If you go second, that that's 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 no bueno. And last thing on the fantasy suite uh, logistics. When they asked the question, right, and and Rachel did this twice. What did you guys do when the when the woman comes home from uh, from the overnight date? Is that the most awkward question of all time? The producers tell them to ask. You saw how pained her face was when she had to ask that. She doesn't want to hear about it. Of course she doesn't want to hear about it because odds are there was coitus. Why, you know what happened. No, what I want is I want someone to ask that and I want the girl to be like, yo, we fucked hard. Like, you know what I mean? I want someone to like actually answer, not be like, oh, we took a nice walk in the woods. Like, we had so many conversations. Yeah, conversations yeah. <laughs> about this dick. <laughs> I mean, why? Why would you want to know? You just don't want to know. It's like, ah, uh, just. Of course they don't want to know. It's torture. They make them do it. Torture, torture. Uh, so we asked about Matt's performance uh, hometowns. Matt's performance fantasy suite. Uh, week good bad your thoughts on Matt and how he held up I think he held up great I think a lot of times the bachelor bachelorette kind of crumble during fantasy suites because it's a lot of pressure and you feel like you have to make a lot of decisions I actually think he really he did great I think he thrived I think he showed each woman he at least to me made it seem like he gave each woman his like real focused attention and when he was with them I didn't think oh he's not into them there was a respect there yeah. There, there, there definitely was a respect there that, you know, he, he did, he was extremely attentive to all of them, which has got to be exhausting. I can imagine. It has to be. It's, I mean, you know, you've juggled dates before. I've done it. No one likes doing it. It's tiring. And imagine like, you know, being filmed and, and also the pressure to perform if there's going to be coitus three straight times, that's tough. I can't imagine he ever has problems performing, but who knows? We all do at some points. All right. It just happens. Um, I will say this about Matt. I will say that I've questioned his wardrobe choices, especially the formal wear. I think he had a really good episode in terms of the uh, suit, shirt and tie combos. There wasn't a lot going on. It was simplistic. It was elegant. So I'll give that. There was one terrible choice and I can't believe you haven't brought it up. Wait, I, don't was, remember, I don't remember whose date it was on. It was one of oh, the. Talking about in the evening. Are you talking about in the evening? Yeah, the evening. Did I did I miss it? When he was wearing the turtleneck with the blue blazer with the like black leather um, collar. Did I not think that was so terrible? Oh, it was terrible. Maybe- Maybe I was just blinded by the, I really like the suit and tie combo he had on Rachel's date. Okay. Yeah. No, no. This was, this is maybe the first date or the side. It definitely wasn't Rachel's date, but yeah. Last thing on this, Rachel's date. That red dress she was wearing at, at the, at nighttime. I mean, he could not Ooh. stop looking her up and down. That's the one of the dresses she got in their date, on their date. Good stat. I didn't notice that, but mm-hmm. that's where, I mean, good Lord. She brought, she brought the heat. It was she very absolutely brought the heat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. That was vicious, vicious dress. So how it went down, obviously he chooses Michelle and Rachel. Were you surprised Brie got sent home? Um, 
I, I mean, I knew Rachel was going to be one. I was a little surprised. I thought Brie would maybe be the top two. I wasn't sure. Um, but I will say that Brie's exit, I, I think I'm going to say in all of my Bachelor watching is hands down the best exit I've ever seen of anyone. It was so classy. She she is it. Like she did everything right. Like she had some tears. She wasn't hysterical. She didn't ask him, why did you do this? In the car, she said, I'm not mad at him. I'm just disappointed and sad. Like, that's it. Like, she is the winner of my heart. I was a little surprised because two reasons. One, I honestly thought, and maybe this is on the backdrop of the whole Chris Harrison, Rachel, Rachel Lindsay thing, that there was drama, that I thought that of the three on paper, that Brie was check the most boxes for Matt specifically on paper. So I was surprised that he sent her home. And I just, I don't get the Michelle appeal. Can you explain, like, what am I missing here? Am I missing something? No, I hear what you're saying. I was watching it with two friends last night who did haven't really watched the season and they were like, I don't get it. They also couldn't get it. I actually think, so I think Brie, like you said, is right on paper has a lot in common with Matt, but I think more often than not on the bachelor, at least specifically, those people never end up together. Um, the game isn't always played on paper. True. Um, I think Michelle, I think they have a lot in common. Not, I think they relate on a lot of levels of things that Matt really cherishes. So she's a teacher. He loves kids. He has his charity with kids. Um, she played college basketball. She's very athletic. She loves doing outdoorsy stuff. He really appreciates that. She's apparently very funny. Whenever they show bloopers, she's always like doing something hilarious. And you, we know him from social media. He's like a goofball. Him, him and Tyler are always like doing pranks. So I think they really do have an actual strong connection as, as like two people. I don't personally see their like their sexual chemistry, but it must be there. I think it's just, or maybe it's just in such stark contrast to him and Rachel, like he can't stop staring at her and smiling. That maybe it just makes me, it seem like they don't have as much of a physical connection, but I'd have to believe he has somewhat of it if he's gonna pick her at least for the top two. Yeah, I, I just, I thought that, you know, I picked Brie to go really far before the season started. I honestly thought that she was going to be in the top two. Um, and it was a little surprising to me because I think Brie is great. I think she has basically everything going for her. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, my only other thought was also that he obviously knows he's picking Rachel. And not to say that I don't think he respects Michelle because I think he does. But I think he has such a respect for Brie that he's like, I'm not going to bring her to top two and make her think that there's a chance when I'm picking Rachel. That was my what, other thought. One last thing, and I forgot to mention it before, um, before we go into how you think it's going to shake out. I know you mentioned it before, but like, so we had the Matt conversation. Matt had a conversation with his dad. Yeah. Uh, got a little heavy. Obviously, his dad and his mom were separated. I don't think uh, Matt's dad was around as much, you know, throughout his, uh, his upbringing as Matt would have liked. Uh, I think that there was some real animosity there. Um, my question to you is this. Why did they put this in there? So I think, honestly, 
it's, it's a difficult thing to answer. It's also a difficult thing to answer knowing what we know now and everything that's going on now. I think that they thought, and I think a lot of times bachelor producers are misguided in this sense. I think they thought like we have a, we have a black bachelor. He had this upbringing where his father wasn't around. Let's bring attention to it, but let's show that they're, you know, making, they're mending their relationship. Like let's show grit, but then also show how it's going to come together and change him. And I think it just really falling flat isn't even the right phrase. It, it blew up in their faces because it just seemed like this was a conversation that I'm sure Matt wanted to have with his father, but it was so someone said this per- perfectly. It just felt like they were exploiting their relationship, yes. exploiting his father. Yes. And honestly, like, listen, I'm sure his father signed a 55,000 waivers and like to a certain extent knew what he was getting into. But I just think like, what, what, what do you possibly think is going to come out of that conversation? And I don't think it's appropriate for America to be watching this conversation. Like that's a private conversation. If you want to show like, a moment or you want Matt to talk about the conversation he had. That's one thing, but to have it where it felt like we were peering into someone's private conversation. I, I, you hit the nail on the head to me. It was, they wanted to force the drama even more so than they already have been. So they were like, we're going to put this in there. And it just seems so incredibly out of place. It was uncomfortable to watch. And not because of, you know, what they were saying to each other, but it's just like certain, you know, certain things don't need to be in front of a camera, right? Especially when we're looking for Matt to find the one, right? There's this line with this show and, 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 you know, we talk about this all the time, you and I, that like, trying to make it real versus the production. And there's a, you're trying to toe a line. And this was way over that line to the real, to the realism. And I, I can't believe, and I honestly can't believe that Matt went along with it. I can't believe it. Well, you don't know how it was presented to him and you don't know, maybe he didn't realize the turn that the conversation was going to take. And then in the moment when his dad was saying certain things, like he was having genuine reactions. Like you always hear people say this. I feel like I'm always quoting Nick Vial, but he always says, he said, Hold on one second. Nick Vial has done a 180 in terms yeah. of his public persona. Yeah, I agree. But what he always says, and it's true. He said, you know, they can edit you, you know, what, however they want to, but in the end of the day, they're just taking the things you said and did and they're moving them around, right? So I think that he probably either wasn't expecting the conversation to go the way it went. And once it did, like he was in the moment, he was having this real conversation and who knows what opportunities he normally has to speak with his father. And he's going to take this. If he really, I could imagine that growing up like that and and he admitted that that has caused him to have commitment problems. If he's going to go make potentially the biggest commitment of his life, I could get that he would want to have this conversation, but I think maybe it didn't go the way he thought or it did, but maybe he didn't think it was going to be presented this way. And then, I mean, he, he posted an Insta story, a, a few Insta stories about it. Um, because I think a lot of people also were upset and I get this of like, it's such a, it is a stereotype of showing like, you know, 
um, he didn't grow up with a father and they're kind of making him seem like a deadbeat where like, we don't really know his father. We don't know what actually happened or anything like that. And he was like, you know, again, it felt like exploitative that not only of their relationship and their conversation, but it made it seem very stereotypical when we don't really know what happened or what was going on. And it just felt like, again, like they took a, a hot button issue that they could have, I think, shown something positive and they just kind of made it feel like icky I don't know how else to say it I I don't and it it was also weird that Matt was like even the way that he framed it off camera is like you know I because of the situation with my dad like I have these commitment issues and like but the only way to settle this is I have to talk to my father right he said something like that and then he goes to sit down with him and that just seemed forced. And this is some. This is a conversation that shouldn't be forced, right? And it shouldn't come off on television as forced. It probably shouldn't be on television at all. Right. It feels but like a conversation. Especially when it was on television, it was. It, it seemed exceedingly forced, and it felt gross. And I was just like, "What is this?" Yeah, but I don't blame Matt for that because I'm sure he was coerced into that. So. I don't, I don't blame Matt for that in a sense that, and I also don't think he knew how it was going to go, but I just, it's on ABC. It's on ABC. Like they got to do a better job telling like, like you can hint to the fact that things are weird with his dad, but like to take it there or allow it to go there, there's got to be something. something I I would like to believe, and I'm sure that, Matt said to them, like, I don't want you to air this or I don't want you to air all of this, but like they own him. He doesn't have any say as to what they show or don't show like his contract. They literally own him. So I, I would, I'm sure he wasn't happy with how it was ended. That's, that's what you sign up for. That's yeah. the contract you sign them the breaks. Uh, okay. So we both think Rachel's going to win, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's easy. How do you think it's going to play out? Do you think there's going to be any, any drama or is it just going to be pretty, you know, still cut don't know what that scene is, that teaser that they've been showing us since the first episode, which I thought would have happened already, but where he's sitting outside with Chris Harrison and crying and saying, I don't know if I can do this. So I don't really know what that means. I, I can't even imagine unless like his dad comes back. Like I'm trying to think of something that could be so, or unless his mom says she doesn't like one of them. Like, I don't know what scenario he could be so upset about. So whether or not there is drama, I think they'll create it. I don't know that there really will be drama. I have a feeling they're going to create it. Um, but I heard a piece of spoiler. It's not a real spoiler. So I don't know if you want me to say it. It's not about the very, ending. Be very careful. No, it's not about the ending because I don't like spoilers. It's about his current situation. Should I not say it? I won't say it. I won't say it. Yeah, anyway, because that that that's essentially saying if he's still no. engaged. No, well, first not. of all, you know from day one, I told you I don't think he's getting engaged. I think he's leaving right. with someone, but I do. I would be shocked if he gets engaged. Shocked. I just he doesn't seem ready at all. Interesting. I I mean I I agree with I agree with you there. I agree with you there that he doesn't seem ready at all, but. And, and we've litigated that in the past. So last question. Brie or Katie for Bachelorette? 
I actually think you. It's, I think it's Brie or Abigail. I think Katie is way out of the running. So are we done with Katie? I, I mean, I think Katie uh, would do well in Paradise. So I think my vote's for Katie in Paradise. I love Abigail and I want her to be the bachelorette. I don't know if she has a strong enough, has had a strong enough presence to be a lead. Um, so my, I go for Brie. I mean, I think she, she is everything. I think Brie would handle herself way better than Abigail. I think as lovely as Abigail is, I think Abigail would have a better time being on the show in paradise than, than the bachelorette. That's why I picked Katie because I think Katie would handle herself well as the bachelorette. Um, yeah, but she did not get the bachelorette edit at all on the women's tell all. No, no, she didn't. But that's how we know she's not going to be it. It's probably right. So yeah, okay. So we think Rachel, even amid the even amid the controversy, uh, and uh, there's going to be something manufactured that is that is BS that brings. Yeah, that's to my call. That's my call. All right. Well, Lizzie, this was wonderful. Our, my my parting shots to this episode are Chris Harrison doesn't need race training, okay? He doesn't need race sympathy training, whatever they called it in that ridiculous statement he put out on Instagram. It's insane. Free Chris Harrison and Rachel Lindsay stinks, all right? She's not like, you know, the end all and be all. And by the way, the fact that like Rachel was like so shocked that she was catching heat for this. Like, what did you expect? Like, you went after the most universally liked guy in America who really didn't say anything wrong. Anyway, whatever. I didn't want to go back to it, but I, I did. I did. I, I apologize, everybody. Whatever. All right, Lizzie, this is wonderful as usual. We're going to have to check in, um, you know, after the uh, after the final rose, per se. Yes. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll recap it then. Good to speak to you as always. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to my bachelor bachelorette expert, Miss Lizzie Verstendig, for coming on. Always a pleasure talking it with her, chopping it up. Rachel Lindsay's husband's the biggest simp in America, and that's episode 105. Take us out, Sierra. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube